Hello and welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you. And uh, in, in this series, we're going to be talking uh, about the five pillars that make up or the foundation to REIP. And joining me as we introduce our guests will be the CEO for uh, REIP, Sardna Smiles. G'day, Sardna. How are you? Hey, Kevin. I'm well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Fantastic. Thanks. Really looking forward to this. We've got some some you know real powerful leaders in the industry who'll be joining us uh, in the next little while just to talk about these five pillars. Uh, REIP, uh, of course, uh, gaining a lot of traction. Sardin, you must be pleased with the way it's coming along. Very pleased. I joined the business in September this year. Really excited about having a focus on the industry. I think it's the first time we've had a, a collective of leaders come together where we can sit around a table and make decisions around mm. what we, you know, how we see the industry moving forward. Mm. Um, you know, one of the things we talk about is we leave our brands in the car park and we genuinely come around the table as an industry and focus on how to move this industry into the future and it's really exciting and it's and very empowering to work with suppliers with our customers with our members with the leaders with, with a focus on the future of, of of this industry yeah well it, it certainly impressed me uh you know i've been in the industry for quite a while and, and to see all the ceos and leaders and three of whom you'll meet in just a moment are sitting around a table talking about how we can um, improve the industry. Uh, you know, I think it's long overdue, but well done. Okay, let's talk about the five pillars and uh, I'll just quickly run through them. The first one is industry leadership and advocacy. Second one is data collection and the use of data. Uh, office profitability is the third one. The fourth one is national marketing. And the final pillar that uh, supports the REIP uh, ethos is uh, professional standards and well-being. So let me firstly uh, just introduce to you the guests who will be joining us uh, in this broadcast. Firstly, uh, the uh, MD for Harcourts International, Mike Green. Mike, welcome. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Kevin. Great to be here. Uh, also, Joel Davron. Joel is the Managing Director for Remax Australia. Joel, welcome to you and look forward to your contribution as well. Thanks, Kevin. And finally, Damien Hackett, who is the founder and CEO for Place Estate Agents. Uh, Damien, thank you for your time, and it's great to have you along, mate. Hi, Kevin. It is always a pleasure. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's kick it off. We'll have a look at the first pillar, which is uh, leadership and advocacy. And um, I, I want to start with you, Mike, if I could. Uh, and as we go along, I also want to talk to you about REIP. But firstly, can I just ask you the question about leadership and you know, I, I've got to say that I think there's some really good examples and not so good examples of how the industry uh, has stepped up and taken a leadership role and how we should be looked at. Um, not wanting to be critical, but I think, uh, well, well, you certainly wouldn't be critical if you're talking about COVID. But, Mike, I'm just keen to talk to you about the industry's handling of COVID. It's been very impressive. Yeah, I, I think so. I think... Um you know, it's funny, it was quite different to what we expected. And, and in the early stages of this, REIP had been uh, in place for some time. You know, we originally were born out of an attempt to to launch uh, a portal um, in response to, you know, obviously the, the pressures that are on in that space and, and marketing property. And so we'd been at that for some time. And then, of course, COVID arrived. And, uh, you know, like we're all aware, um, at times like that, it can actually be a catalyst for good things to happen. And 
certainly with COVID it was, um, you know, we had been sitting around the table and, and uh, I know there, there were a lot of people who were quite surprised that we'd managed to keep sitting around the table together because, you know, in this industry, we, we fiercely compete every day, whether it's for a listing or a, or a consultant, whatever it might be, we're, you know, we're fierce competitors, um, but we'd really put that, um, those brands, I think as Sardner said, you know, left them outside the room and, and got to sit around a, a table and, and talk more holistically about the industry. And so when COVID hit, it, it really, I guess, refined that focus, Kevin, and um, the conversations were around, well, what do we need to do to make sure that our industry uh, is compliant and plays its role in terms of the fight against um, COVID itself, um, but also around the economy and, and what are we, what's the contribution we can make as, a, as an industry um, to help with the uh, post-COVID, you know, recovery. And, and so we, we um, worked very, very well together and we, we set up a, a code of practice uh, within our, our groups and entities around that table around how we would conduct business, um, how we would comply with, you know, the various issues around space and lockdowns and, um, you know, online auctions and all sorts of things. And so, you know, funnily enough, COVID was a positive in that sense and that it really did bring us quite tightly together and give us a real sense of industry, which, um, you know, as I say, we've, we've all got different agendas in, in terms of brands and competing. Um, but when you take that away, we've all got one agenda and, and ultimately that's the success and the strength of our industry and the relevance of it. And, and you know, we all know that um, we do an awful lot of good things across the community, helping people at often, you know, really trying and, and uh, stressful times. And, and we know that the vast majority of real estate agents work incredibly hard and, and care deeply. And so to be able to have that singular focus, I think, um, was a really good thing. And it's, it has galvanised us moving forward. Yeah, the thing I like about REIP is that it's the first body that really has like a, na- a national feel and the ability that it could go in at some very high levels of government and, and help. I mean, you know, help with um, um, legislation and so on. The institutes are not being critical of them. We'll talk about them in a moment. They do have their role, but they're very state-based, you know, and, and they, they can't fill that void. The industry has been quite challenged in recent times. And, and I guess this is one of the good things about REIP. It demonstrated how it can bring the industry together during COVID. But there have been times in the past when the industry's uh, fractured leadership has actually left the industry quite vulnerable, Mike. I, I think that's absolutely right, Kevin. I think um, where this all, as I said earlier, started was around the, the portal and, and another attempt by the industry to to build and drive a portal. Um, and it was, I mean, the, the bottom line is because we're so fractured as an industry, we're very vulnerable um, because we don't necessarily get our act together as a group. Um, and we that does make us vulnerable to all sorts of potential um, challenges. And, I mean, we're geographically fragmented and that we've got very parochial states, uh, as it should be. Um, but then we're fragmented within the industry because we've got franchise groups and, um, and then we've got, you know, marketing groups and we've got boutique brands and, and then we've got fierce independence and we've got a real mixture across the board. Um, and, you know, we all compete. And so um, there has been that fragmentation for, for many, many years. And, in trying to get the uh, portal up and running, that fragmentation became even more evident. And, mm. and, and we all know that at the end of the day, if the leadership of any organisation is fragmented, then you've got significant problems. And what we found was, 
um, that not only, you know, did, did we all have fragmentation in terms of, you know, there were a number of the large groups around that table. There was a group of independents. Um, so there was business model fragmentation. Um, but then as we got further into this and it became less about the portal and more about an industry leadership position, um, you know, the, as you say, Kevin, the REIs uh, do a, a great job across the country, but they're all very state focused uh, as they should be. Then you've got the REIA that is, um, should be the preeminent leadership body for our industry. And yet one of the REIs isn't even a member of the REIA. So that's a very fragmented structure. And in, 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 yeah. and in our dealings and discussions with REIA, they, uh, you know, their, their primary focus as a body is around advocacy with government. And that's great. And that's, you know, important. Um, but I know for a lot of real estate people out there, and, and Kevin, you'll know this, you know, the, the most important thing on a Thursday afternoon is what my open is going to be like over the weekend and how many buyers I'm going to get through and where I'm going to get my next listing. Yeah. So when, when you hear about, you know, advocacy with government from a significant percentage of the industry, yeah. it's important, but it's not the key focus. And so what became really apparent to us was there were con conflicted, fragmented bodies right across the board, and there was no singular national leadership um, group or focus. And, and as we got more into it, and, and we've had lengthy discussions with the REIs and the REIA, looking to see how we can put a national framework together. And, and it, you know, during COVID, I think, um, forgetting any political uh, affiliations, you know, what SCOMO did with the national cabinet is very much what we, I believe, we need to do as an industry is, is have a national cabinet that represents mm -hmm. every part of our industry and every state in our industry that is focused solely on the well-being, the strength, the success, the relevance and the power of our industry. Because ultimately, you know, we can be the biggest fish in the pond, but if the pond is drained and disappears, who wants to be the biggest fish? So um, that's really where the fragmentation became really apparent and we were trying to drive it. And, and, you know, we have a vision at REIP, REIP and um, the, core, the core to that vision is a united real estate industry. So we've had people say, oh, you know, are you trying to take over what the Institute should be doing or are you trying to do this or trying to do that? We're not trying to do any of that. You know, we just, we share a common objective. We want a strong industry. We want a, a body that represents the entire industry, not just the big groups or not just the independents. Yeah. Um, that is focused on the well-being of all of us because in the end, uh, we will all individually be more successful if we're successful as a group. Yeah, and I think I think the second pillar in this, which we'll move to in a moment, which is data, and I'm keen to get you know everyone's contribution into that one. But I, I just quickly before I move off that, I want to pick up on a point you just made, and I think it's quite relevant, uh, Mike, and that is about um, REIP. Uh, it, it's, its official name is Real Estate Industry Partners. And I, I guess a lot of people would think because the major groups are involved in it, that it is a group uh, focused organization, when in fact there are some very strong independents um, and it's open, Sadder, isn't it? It's open to anyone who's in the industry to join, not, not just the groups. Anybody can become a member of REIP. There are no fees associated. There are a number of partners that we are bringing on at the moment who provide products and services to our members. And to be a member of REIP, all you have to do is load the listings onto the REIP portal, mm. and that automatically makes you a member. And then you can have access to all of the services and products that we have under our banner. Yeah, and I think that's a very important point too, is that, the, that REIP is all about bringing partners to the table who can help the industry grow. 
uh, as opposed to some of the things that we'll talk about, uh, particularly when we get into office profitability. I want to go to you, Damien, if I could. Damien Hackett from Place in Brisbane. Um, you know, a, a very strong, very, very strong um, Brisbane agency group. Uh, but your classic of, you know, how it's open, uh, REIP is open to some very strong independents as well, Damien. Sure. And that's the, that's the key thing, Kevin. It's getting you know, the, the thoughts and the interests of, of the majority of, of, the, um, you know, of the industry. Because if it's just, you know, a few big groups or a bunch of independents, you won't get true representation. And, mm. you know, that's the hard thing. The bigger the group and the more people involved, the more competing interests, the more varying opinions. But that's, that's just that's part of getting a, a united front together. Yeah, totally we've, we've really been excited about our involvement, as, as Mike said too. You know, the, the the comparison with the national cabinet because you had this group of people with a lot of strong competing interests, uh, fierce competitors all came together, and in times of crisis, I think that's pretty evident. Mm. And and the real skill is, can you continue on that that you know that that feeling of of you know coming together and cohesion. When the crisis comes off, um, you can see politically it's there's a few cracks starting to, to appeal as as they people try to uh, win political uh, points against each other. But I think the thing that I've, I've really been in, you know, inspired and impressed by is that that shot in the arm that we got by by the you know by the pandemic and the and what was facing us has just continued on the the you know the spirit amongst the people within the body. I want to move to the second pillar, which is data. And uh, Joel, I'll come to you on this one. Joel Davron from uh, Remax. Joel, I want to, I want to ask you a, a question as we, as we delve into this pillar, and that is who owns the data? Um, and uh, let's talk about this as a group because I think data is, you know, the ownership of data now is, is really a key issue um, because it's such a powerhouse. Uh, Joel, that question to you, who owns the data? Well, uh, that's a very big question to, to start with, but I, I do think that um, certainly it's a relevant question. I, I think probably the best way for us to look at it um, is not necessarily, okay, who owns it, but um, what is the intent for it? And, and what, what, is, um, what, can, what can we be doing to actually use it the right way? If you look at the um, how we've historically um, handled data as an industry over the years, um, generally speaking, we've not really done a good job of it. Uh, I would suggest that the, um, the industry as a whole really could have done a lot better and needed leadership and guidance around what they could do with it. Uh, data is a bit of a buzzword, but it, it can, it, it, there's lots of different uh, facets to it all. Um, the ownership is one part of it for sure. Um, I think as an industry, we absolutely need to do better for it for a number of reasons. Um, firstly, um, whilst we are stakeholders in all of this, we need to have a sustainable future as an industry. Um, the, the, the consumer uh, is just as important in all of this and, uh, and their experience with uh, how they engage with the industry and the ability for us to be able to provide a better experience for them as an industry um, really does come down to, okay, how do we actually manage the use of this data? Now, if we just go back to that point before, Kevin, around, um, I guess, 
the leadership of the industry. Whilst you mentioned fragmentation or fractures within the industry, um, really one of our goals is to bring a collective strategy together to actually manage this so we can not only just manage the data that you know, we, um, we all receive individually, um, but how can we actually manage it and enrich it, um, whether that be through just the collective strength of um, putting all that data together or actually utilising, you know, our partners um, to enrich that data to make the experience for the industry better, to make, the, um, to make it much more immediate or improve the immediacy of the information that we can gather from that. Uh, which will eventually flow through to the customer experience and us being able to provide, you know, better outcomes, uh, better information and better consultancy to um, the end user or the consumer. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, someone watching this might be um, thinking, well, data, you know, big deal. What, what does it really matter? And I think the industry lost control of data um, maybe a couple of decades ago when I don't think as an industry we understood the power of data or how much it would cost us if we actually gave it away, which effectively we did uh, as an industry. And now we're having to pay to actually get it back and try to enhance the consumer experience. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a lesson that I hope as an industry we've learned because the power is in the data. And We have, you know, we take the risks. We're out there every day collecting the data, working with our clients and customers, and we have a really valuable asset. We have the most up-to-date data of anybody mm -hmm. in the country yeah. and we have it at our fingertips. We can, if we could pull that, we could give auction clearance rate details at five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. No one can come close. We can give, you know, sales trend details, price trend details, um, almost live um, by using that data. And yet, as you say, we, we give it away and then we pay a, a frightful price to get it back. Um, and we may have given that up a wee while ago, but it's not too late. We still, the, you know, data is only good if it's current and it's only current when it's current. So we've got data right now that if we can take some degree of control over it as an industry, bundle it up, use it to be CMAs, you know, use it to be the most mm. up-to-date in terms of the experience with the sellers. Mm. Um, you know, as Joel's saying, we can enhance the client experience hugely as well as obviously creating a real advantage for us as an industry over just about any other any other body in in, uh, in any sort of allied industry or any marketing group. So yeah, there's a huge the, opportunity to grab it again. Yeah, I, I think the reason that as an industry we gave it away is because even the three of you sitting here with me now, uh, individually, you have a huge amount of data um, that you can use and are using quite intelligently in your own organisation. But it's actually the bringing together of the data where all the groups come together and bring it together. And I think that's where the industry lost sight of, you know, what can happen when all that data comes together. So that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to be associated with REIP, because I think this is the first opportunity for the industry to come together to get this data and to utilise it properly, not just on an individual basis. Damien, I know, you've, I know you've done a lot of work, Damien, uh, with data in, in your business, um, you know, and uh, I just like your view on that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's critical. It really is. And, and I guess the issue we've had in the past is 
those strong competitive interests, it's a suspicion about amongst sharing with each other. So mm-hmm. people would be prepared to give it away to a third party rather than share it with a direct competitor. Yeah. And then that's always a hard thing to overcome when you've got such strong competition amongst people, the amount of information they're prepared to share because everyone knows that information is or knowledge is, mm. is, is, is priceless, the gold. So that's always the hard thing to overcome. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was only today uh, as we record this uh, that we made an announcement about a partnership between Realty and REIP. If I could just come to you, um, firstly, Mike, and a comment about that, because one of the things that Realty brings to the table for REIP is that ownership data model where all of the, the data is going back to the industry free of charge. Yes, that's right. Kevin, um, I think it's a really exciting partnership for a number of reasons. It's it's obviously a partnership with a, a body that is focused on utilising the whole of the data better and keeping that control and that value and benefit within the industry as opposed to outside the industry. So I think that's exciting. Um, I think it's exciting because it's you know it's a different avenue for actually promoting our seller's product and creating um, that community through social media. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a similar platform, obviously, that we're using in different ways now with Facebook and, and what have you, but it's a, a, an entirely different approach to it. And I think that's really exciting because that opens up a whole new avenue for us um, to market property, to create a better, ex- a better experience for the buyers, uh, and also, obviously, to create real value for sellers. Mm. And we're able to do that in partnership with Realty uh, and deliver it to members of REIP at no cost. So it's even better, you know, like it's it's a really yeah. exciting initiative, um, Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, uh, John, I want to come to you just before I leave this, because I think you and I have spoken um, in an interview recently where we talked about how um, marketing a property on the internet in Australia is the most expensive as uh, anywhere in the world. It is the most expensive. And I, I think that's that's the danger that we can see now is the use of the data. Um, you know, the industry gathers the data, we give it away, the data then comes back and is used, consumers come in and then the industry has to buy back the leads um, from the people we give the data to. It, it's, it just doesn't make sense. Look, it, it, when you put it like that, absolutely it doesn't. And it's certainly, it's been a process over a long period of time where we've kind of um, adjusted ourselves to what we feel is, you know, normal. But I think, you know, it's it's very easy to look to the past and and, and look at um, errors that were made or, you know, how we've, how we've got here. But looking ahead, ultimately, that's what we have to do. We have to focus on, you know, really looking ahead about what can we do now and, I just want to go back to a point you made before. Like when we talk about data, you know, you, a lot of people are thinking zeros and ones and, you know, and and uh, and names and addresses and mobiles and emails and whatever else. The reality is what it comes down to is um, it's it's nothing without the relationships, you know, and we are the, um, we are the human spearhead, I guess, um, for how we engage. We're, we're basically shock absorbers at the moment. You know, we deal with buyers, sellers, tenants, landlords. And um, right now, you know, as many people may have heard me say, I've discussed it on a lot of times, we have a lot of frustrated clients out there. Now, if we have 
the best data, if we have enriched data and we have more immediate data, we are able to consult um, with tenants and consult with buyers and consult with our agents to actually arm them um, with the best information um, as quickly as possible. And I think that's what I kind of comes back to that point I was making before about what is the intent behind all of this. And our intent is to, you know, really give the industry um, leadership and representation around around the data because that flows right through to the front line and the relationships that we have with mm. our agents, our members and our, and our consumers. Mm. Yeah, well, disclosure here, you know, I am a director of Realty and uh, I can say that, you know, we're particularly excited about um, joining with REIP because of the opportunities that it opens up for us to share all that data and um, that positioning for the industry. Can I just go to the third um, um, pillar now, and that is office profitability. I want to come to you, Sardin, if, if I may, and just ask you, because you and I have had a conversation off air about this and why this pillar is a very important part of uh, REIP, uh, because you talk about the new normal. And I think the way that REIP is positioning itself, it's going to be a very big player in helping agencies become more profitable, Sardina. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? New normal has become the new buzzword. It it was um, unprecedented, you know, at the start of COVID. Now new normal has become the buzzword. But if you really ask people what new normal means, most people don't really understand or can articulate it uh, to anybody, really. So when you talk about the new normal and how it links in with office profitability, I think it, I think businesses, you know, you go back to a year ago, 14th of March, in my mind, the world changed. And I think moving forward, we can't go back the old normal, but but we need to have businesses with higher and higher levels of efficiencies because non-efficient businesses were part of the old normal. So higher levels of efficiencies, higher levels of automation than we've ever had before and choosing the right technology that we can embed in our businesses that's going to drive the efficiency and automation. And when you look at it from the client's perspective, one of the things that COVID did was it brought communities together. You know, how many lines did we see outside coffee shops waiting, supporting their own communities? So it brought communities together. The expectation of better service increased, faster service increased. But there was this element of everything should be cheaper. You know, I could go to my bank and ask for a better price point. I can get my mortgage revalued. I can go to the electricity company, the gas company, just about everywhere I could go to, I could actually negotiate a price down. Now, in real estate, I'm going to say cheaper in inverted commas because we don't want to play the game where we continue to decrease our fees. But at the same time, how do we provide the faster, better service at a rate that still enables our businesses to be profitable. And what we can't do is go back the old way we're doing it. So we have to look at the right technology, invest in the right technology, reduce all the admin work that our people are doing so we can genuinely focus on, on client services that will increase profitability. I always say, you know, happy people, happy clients, happy profits. The three go together. Let me ask you, is benchmarking uh, one of the key things that REIP will be able to do in the industry? Oh, I think it's without a doubt. The, the, the more we can work together and we can pull data, um, and I think as Damien said, there's always been a little bit of resistance. I don't want to share with, I'd rather not share with Damien, but I'm happy to give it to some commercial third party. Makes no sense. Um, I think Robert Bevan, you know, had that position as an almost 
um, objective third party. Um, but I think we're, we've moved on from there and we understand this huge value in sharing a whole lot of details. Um, and so I think we can work together. We can benchmark as a group uh, being REIP. We actually can look at the drivers of profitability with our industry because we come back to the original vision, Kevin. And at the end of the day, the stronger we are as an industry, then the more successful we will all be individually. And we need to keep that hat on firmly because that's the driver of this. Okay, let's uh, go to the uh, next pillar, which is national marketing. Um, interested in this one because uh, I've always been fascinated with the profile of, of agencies in Australia. How do they rate? How are they perceived? And I think uh, this is one of the big things that uh, one of the big plays that REIP can have is improving the status of the real estate industry generally um, across Australia. Your view on that, Damien? How would, where would you sit on that one? Yeah, Kevin, it's... Um that's a key thing, isn't it? And because there has been such division within industry over the years, typically it's been difficult to have that common view and that top, the common message that comes across. And, you know, you look at, again, what is part of that vision by making it one of our five key points. Um, it, it's really just communicating with people about, you know, what are the important things that are happening in, in real estate, in agency, in the market at that point in time. Um, whereas, again, if you look at using industry bodies to be that point of contact or, or even you know, economic bodies and so forth, it's, it's, it's well overdue for, for uh, the mm. agency businesses as, as a whole to come together and, and put forward a bunch of marketing communication piece. Can I, can I just jump in there, yes, Kevin? You know... <laughs> For years now, there's been survey done where real estate agents come out as the third least trusted profession in the industry. But no one has ever at a national level come out and said to the consumers who are being surveyed, you know, we don't deserve to be number three for all of these reasons. We are an industry that underpins the Australian economic market. You know, everybody talks about real estate. If real estate sneezes, the market sneezes. So I think there is an opportunity today as we right now for a body like REIP to have a huge influence as one national voice out to the clients where we connect with the clients and build a lot of trust around our industry and, and connect and engage with them in a much better way than what we have been doing in the past. Mm. It's around, we know that, that the vast majority of, of our clients have a great experience. Mm -hmm. um, so we need to promote that. We need to tell everyone, this is why you deal with an agent. You know, we, we were talking earlier about some of the fragmentation and, and some of the examples of fragmented leadership. And, and you think about Purple Bricks, um, came into Australia, spent an absolute fortune haranguing agents, talking about commissary and, and there was not a voice. There was not, mm. no one put their, 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 you know, their hand up and said, well, well, hang on a minute, this isn't right. Here's what we do do. And, and the danger was too, of course, if, if Damien did it or, or Joel or I did it, it would be seen as self-serving and it's you know, a brand taking a stance. Yeah. Um, but we know the reality. You know, the reality is that the industry does a tremendous job and, mm. and, and really does help a huge number of people achieve what they're trying to achieve. And we should be singing that from the, the hilltops as an industry, not as a brand or a group or an independent, but saying as a real estate industry, this is what we do. Mm. And, you know, I think the Americans and Kevin, you will have seen a lot of this. There's a lot of the American industry that you just shake your head at. 
um, and wonder how they got it so wrong. But one of the things they do do pretty well is the whole realtor promotion. And, and you know, they promote the realtor in America as a really valued professional that does a great job. Um, and, and they've done a better job of that. And we should be doing that here. We shouldn't be the third from the bottom and all that stuff. And we won't be if we have a voice and tell everyone about the relevance and, and share good news stories and we share a, good things with We saw a great example of that with the mortgage broking industry only recently. And, you know, that industry um, had a very turbulent time, you know, only last year and, uh, and the year before. Uh, and uh, like many of us did, but they were faced with a very pointed, you know, um, issue. Now that industry was well prepared. They had a they had an industry voice, and they did a terrific job of actually pointing out the benefits of why the mortgage broking industry was relevant and um, had a very strong place in the market. So, you know that to me is a great example. I'm sure it would be for for Mike and Damien and Sardner as well. You know they did such a fantastic job. It could be something that um, we could look towards as as inspiration. Well, the funny thing too, Joel was. The, the leader they've got for the banking industry is um, um, one of the ex-premiers of Queensland. It was not, her name's gone straight out of my head, but she wasn't the most popular premier we ever had. Anna and Bly. then she goes and, Anna Yeah, Anna Bly. Bly. And then she goes to advocate for banks who probably are pretty close to us in terms of public surveys and did a great job, did a seriously good job in promoting them. So I think you're quite right. Mm. That spins nicely into the, the final one because I, I, one of the points I wanted to pick up on uh, with national marketing is the need for uh, better training in the industry, uh, which is going to improve the profile of agency and also training of leaders. So let, let's talk about professional standards and well-being, which is the final pillar in the REIP um, stable. Uh, Damien, I'll come to you firstly. Uh, professional standards, well-being, higher standards of education. Where do you see, the? is this the role of REIP or is this more back to the institutes at a state level? Because it's the industry is very state-based because the legislation's built that way. Sure, I think, Kevin, it's a real combination. And as a whole, I mean, I, this is my 30th year as a real estate agent, residential real estate agent. And Congratulations. Yeah, thanks, thanks. You must have started when you were 12, didn't you? You don't look yeah, a day over 20. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, um, but I mean, the huge advancements in professionalism I've seen in about 30 years, it's, you know, like, like a lot of things. And, you know, when people back in those days, you know, the agent did everything from took the photos of the, of the house to write the copy to typed up your own contracts. Mm. To, but I just see the amount of specialization that now goes on. Um, you know, people treat real estate agency. Uh, more as a you know, consultative service, like a, a, a lawyer or an architect or, a, or even an accountant. And I think a lot of that's come from through education um, and through training. And it's, it starts, you know, with, you know, in, in individual independent offices, um, it, as you get through the bigger groups, obviously there's a bit more of a focus, the national bodies. But I think we as a whole just need to really move forward. And it's a, it's a bit like stealing from... Um, from um, I think Satya Nadella, the, the CEO of Microsoft, and he said the big change they had, and Microsoft were thinking they knew it all. They changed their culture from a from a uh, a know it all culture to a learn it all culture. And I, I see that you know, the people who succeed and, and move forward, you know, 
in this profession are people who are always got that thirst to learning, that thirst to improve themselves, particularly if they're coming from being a salesperson to a team leader to an office principal. You know, the, the skills that 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 get them, got them to where they were are going to get them to the next step. So that continual, you know, how to become a better leader, how to work better with your people and share a vision and and um, you know, not micromanage people, etc. All those skills don't come naturally to a lot of people. It's through professional development that that I think the industry has come such a long way in the last 30 years. Mm. There's another aspect to this too, and this the second part of this pillar is about well-being. And I, I think, you know, we've got to acknowledge the fact that this is a high-stress industry. Um, Joel, to you, is there a role to be played here? I, I know that there's a lot of talk at present and there's a lot of uh, facilitation going on around well-being. Uh, and Rise, I believe, have put out an app as well, the, the Real Care app. Uh, let's talk a little bit with you, Joel, if we could, about the well-being of the industry. Is it something that concerns you as a leader of one of the major groups? Uh, absolutely, uh, particularly right now um, when you know when there's such a, a huge volume of work um, uh, being put out by property managers, administrators, uh, business owners, salespeople across all facets. So, you know, they're dealing with very, very stressful situations. Um, you know, I'll get one example being one of our offices is dealing with um, a, a tenant that, you know, their lease is about to expire and the owners are selling the property and the tenants um, uh, made a number of threats to their own, around their own health. Um, and, you know, we've got one of our members having to deal with a tenant that's, you know, threatening their own lives. You know, that that takes its toll. It's a very stressful situation. I mean, um, beyond just professional standards, you know, obviously um, we're all human. We all need to, um, uh, you know, be respected and understand that this industry is challenging. It is stressful. Um, I mentioned that before we are shock absorbers. We are right at the moment, you know, dealing with sometimes 30, 40 individual offers on a property means that you've got 39 underbidders or 39 people that have missed out that, and many of which are, you know, openly, you know, angry about it. So, um, we absolutely should be doing more as an industry to ensure that um, the next generation of agents and um, real estate professionals um, are in a sustainable environment where, you know, we are already in a, an environment where we see a lot of people leave the industry. Um, you know, we, we should, if we had better support mechanisms in place, Better professional standards, better well-being um, uh, practices and and uh, policies should have probably been able to prevent a lot of those people, really, really talented individuals, from leaving the industry due yeah. to um, being under so much pressure. Uh, Sardin, we'll come to you because I, I know you're currently at a conference um, dealing with this and I wanted to ask you about the Real Care app as well. Yeah, just, just before I get the Real Care app, I think one of the things that COVID did in particularly the states that had more lockdowns than those that didn't, is I think we've come out of this with our people expecting a different type of leadership. I think a lot of our people now are looking at leaders to, to have that humanity first, put people first, the wellness 
and the health being of our employees, of the people that we work with, has to be up one of our key focus areas in our businesses now. And then that dovetails into everything else. And you, you can see globally that is that is changing. The, the RISE program last year uh, put a real care app out. You can download it from the Apple store. And it's a, a an, an app that I think every real estate agent should have on their phone and certainly share it with their family and friends and, and young kids. But it goes through everything from, you know, how to manage stress, do breathing, do meditation, your financial situation. It, it, it's the first time in the industry we've had an app that actually guides you through the various situations you might find stressful as an individual. And everyone's stress levers are very, very different. Mm. So I'm at a conference um, this week where I'm presenting, but I'm seeing as well for two and a half days where it, we're not talking about real estate sales or property management, we're actually talking about how do we build wellness and resilience into our businesses so we have people who work in our businesses are healthy, they are well, they know how to manage stress because if you can achieve that, then you are going to achieve high-performing teams in your businesses that then dovetails into everything else that we've been talking about. Realty looks very forward to working with REIP as a true industry body in helping the industry uh, progress and become more profitable and uh, have better use of the facilities. And I, I think, you know, technology uh, is, is wonderful, but there have been so many advancements in technology. Uh, it's nice to see them coming under probably the ownership of the industry, giving the industry a lot more control as well. So uh, just in closing, if I could, uh, Joel, I might come to you firstly, um, a message that you'd like to relay to your members about uh, REIP and, and getting in to support the industry. Well, again, it probably comes down to, you know, education and understanding that, you know, um, you know, we are part of something just bigger than our own offices or our own um, groups or our own independent office, whatever it happens to be. We're part of a, you know, a big industry and there's a lot of people that have put decades into this. Damien's 42 and he's put 30 years in. Uh, and, um, and uh, you know, obviously um, I haven't racked up 30, but I've been in the industry a long time and it's something uh, I'm very passionate about because, you know, it provides so much um, for, um, for many, many people, you know, for myself, for many of our members you know, and, and it's it's about just understanding. It's not just about, you know, this taking st uh, something from this industry. It's about giving a little bit back as well, but also understanding that, you know, REIP is a genuine voice for the industry. It's not a genuine voice for Remax. It's not a genuine voice for Place. It's not a genuine voice for, um, you know, the Victorian independence or WA offices, whatever it happens to be. It, it is for the whole industry. And, you know, if we can actually all get together and, and unite and, um and focus on, um, you know, focus our energies on making this work, then, you know, a better industry lies ahead. And I'm 100% convinced that that is absolutely possible. Well said, Joel. Damien, to you, a message to your people? Uh, Kevin, I just think it's an, you know, an amazing opportunity. As we've said here today, we've had so many chances in the past to get together as a as an industry, but we've probably failed and it's time to really put aside those competitive biases and and just see the opportunity that we have to take control of this industry. Otherwise, you know, as we've seen in the past, we'll lose control of something which we are, you know, we're the linchpin in this 
in the real estate industry where the people that are at the coalface having the conversations doing the work. So it's it's opportunity is the word and it's up for everyone to embrace it. Yeah, yeah well said. And to the second oldest guy on this podcast, Mike, to you. <laughs> what those two guys said, Kevin. Um, yeah, no, no, hey, and seriously, I thought both Joel and Damien put it very well and would echo that. The only other thing I'd say is, you know, I've, I've been in the industry a little bit longer than Damien. I'm not going to say how much longer, but a bit longer. Um, and I think the, the biggest, one of the biggest challenges we have as an industry is apathy. Um, and whether it's, oh, well, you know, someone else should do it or the leaders need to step up or, you know, all of us, um, we all have a stake in this. I think um, Joel said it, you know, we've all got a stake in this, but it, that brings with it a responsibility. You know, the, the industry has been very, very good to us. It's a wonderful industry. And I think we've got a responsibility to, to give back um, and to play a part and don't be apathetic. Don't think that someone else is going to do it or I don't really need to support it or, you know, let being busy stop us from doing what's right because uh, I think we do have an opportunity. It's, a, it's an exciting opportunity. And if we all understand that it's going to take all of us and we all step forward, then we can do something pretty special. So yeah, there's a chance there. There's a good opportunity. Well said. And that's why uh, from Realty, we're very excited to be a part of uh, this partnership with uh, REIP. So, uh, to, gentlemen, to th- thank you very much for your very valuable time this afternoon. And Sardna, thank you for putting all this together and uh, looking forward to working with you. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Kevin.